remember saying to people that if you had told me that I was going to be in a classroom with 10-year-olds five years ago, I would have told you, you're nuts. You are crazy. I will never do that. And, and I mean, it's, it, it's so true that, that life has gotten me to where I am now. And, uh, and everything that I've gone through has been a lesson for me. And um, it's taken our, our level of age and experience to go back and say, oh, that's why I was given this lesson. That's why. It's, oh, so now I understand. So this this period of understanding that that, that we are now able to have and realization is is remarkable. the Camp VP Uncensored Podcast Season 3, Episode 9, Part 2 with my dear friend Ben Baltus, as we sit down together and continue our conversation about living one's life present and with purpose. It's really a great conversation to sit down and listen to because it's very reflective and heartfelt and because of the things that Ben and I are currently experiencing, I think it's just such a great way to grab hold of where one's at in one's life and feel and get the reasons why it's so important to share one's story and help others along the way based upon the things that we're learning. So pull up a chair, grab that coffee and cannoli, because here we go. Like my daughter saying, Dad, do you think you will be here for my college graduation? Right? And you think about that and you go, wow, um, I might not be, but I'm here today and I'm healthy today. So let's do something fun. And it's, um, and I tr- try to put it in, in, in light that I, I don't want to make her concern or her goal be anything less than. It, it, uh, important to her it, it, it is and but i can't promise things i can't promise and i will i, I will just live for today and it, it, it'll be great and uh my wife just got back from a four-day trip and i'm anxious to see how that was and have dinner with her and and get packed up for our chemo tomorrow and go for it, it i mean just the, just the short thing and taking taking care of myself and realizing that that's 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 really what it's all about, and I'm and I'm and I'm inspired by what you have to say. Well, thank you, and I think that the feeling is mutual, and I think that that's why it was so important to to get together on this because I think that's combined our both very contemporary experience of what we are going through is very teachable to others yeah. of what what is relative to a person's experience of going through cancer, you know. Um. I think it's the old adage until you put somebody's pants on, do you know what that feels like? Does it fit? Does it like why it feels like it cuts off or it's too short in the inseam or whatever, or it's just right. And you can't explain it until there you are. And you're like, holy shit. So for, for my example, um, you know, before, so I went through thyroid cancer a decade ago. Mm. I never went through, I went through one bout of radiation I was always able to work. I was always leading teams. My teams, I was in mountains and triple digit heat right back with my leading men doing shit I should never have been doing. Then my doctors were like, if they had known what I was doing, they would have been like, what the fuck are you doing? You were just in the hospital having a major surgery. I'd be like, yep, let's go people. <laughs> and that's how I showed up being all my career for over 30 plus years or whatever. Wow. And I still can, and I still would, and I could put people, you know, in some cases half my age to, you know, and I'm not, this isn't a competition by the way, but I think that's kind of what's been confusing. I I mean, I even saw a friend yesterday who very did a beautiful drop off of some things that he designs. And I know, and I'm not putting words into his mouth or his sensibility, but what I picked up on 
in my observation was somebody who was very uncomfortable knowing that I was in fact going through this Wow! because I don't, I'm not that person. I'm the stoic one. I'm the one who gets back up. If Felicia's not showing up for work and Felicia's over there, like just kind of healing over here, then what the fuck? Mm -hmm. And excuse my swearing, but that's just kind of all purpose flower right now. (laughs) I love that. You use it for everything. Yeah, you can use it for everything. And, you know, and so I don't know what's going through his head because like I always say about people, you know, I can barely know, like you're not going to ever know what's going on in Jenny's head, no matter how well you know her. I'll never know what goes on in Randy's head. It's not for us to know. No. But I can observe and be sensitive. And like I said, in that moment, I felt his discomfort, like almost like he didn't know what to do. So, so, so then how did you deal with that? Well, it's interesting. I still want to write him, frankly, because um, I know he felt very like I need to get out of here, even though he had just arrived. And, and because I think he felt like he'd be taking time away from me or something. And and I, and I, I just let it be as it was, mm-hmm. because I felt that my writing to him will be much more... Um, I just think my writing can be hopefully more uh, like t- touchy feely without it being touchy feely, but just sensitive to the circumstance and whether it opens up a, a space for people to have the, the freedom to express themselves or not, that that's, I have no control over that. I just know what my part can be. And I think going through life, which is bringing me to my next question about you, like, you know, I don't know what my purpose is in life and what your purpose is in life, but I think we've, we've been given some great gifts mm-hmm. and abilities. What, you know, you may not have known what you envisioned for your life, like what you, you know, if you were like, I know I didn't know I was going to be a salesman and then turn teacher. To, but like, if you had the idea, like if you were journalizing, whether you were the seven-year-old kid or the 17-year-old kid or the 27-year-old kid or even the 37, 47-year-old man, young man, where, like, do you feel that where and how you've achieved up to this point, God willing, God willing, mm-hmm. that you have created things that you could be on your wildest dreams and manifested? Oh, yeah. I mean, if... I said my my second year of teaching, I, I remember remember saying to people that if you had told me that I was going to be in a classroom with 10-year-olds five years ago, I would have told you, you're nuts. You are crazy. I will never do that. And and I mean it's it it's so true that that life has gotten me to where I am now. And and everything that I've gone through has been a lesson for me. And um it's taken our our level of age and experience to go back and say oh that's why i was given this lesson that's why it's oh so now i understand so this this period of understanding that that, that we are now able to have and realization is, is question when is your daughter supposed to graduate from college 2025 2025 okay and um how are you feeling? You said you're feeling great. I'm feeling great. I'm, 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 um, like I'm, I'm on four or five, five different chemo drugs. Okay. Uh, I'm on, I'm on chemo. I'm on immunotherapy. I'm on some growth factor. They're just throwing the kitchen sink at this thing. And, okay. and, and, and this is all part of a clinical trial. I was going to ask. Yeah. So I, but I, I mean, talk about gifts. My, oncologist is the lead researcher on the on the trial she knows everything about this it's kind of like almost routine for her like okay this is this is what we're going to do blah 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 blah. um so um the the statistics say 20 percent chance of being uh five years to life um my my feeling is now I am actually able to eat better than I was six, six weeks ago. Amazing. I mean, 
I I was on totally liquid diet. Now, yeah, yeah. I I I throttle back a little bit and I say now that could be a number of things. It could be that something was lodged in my throat that came through. It could be the the drugs. It could be just yeah. my general attitude. I'm not going to try to focus on what it is that yeah. happened. It it, it can happen. And my goal in the short term, or our goal, uh, Jenny and I, is at this next scan after the first round of chemotherapy is no further growth. Yeah. And then um, uh, if if I can make it to Lily's graduation, that'd be great. Yeah. You are. <laughs> Thanks. Go ahead. No, what I was going to say was, you know, it's interesting being around these minds of uh, these students of science, mm -hmm. as I refer to the medical world. Mm -hmm. Because um, one of the major things I think is super important to talk about regarding like pulling back the curtain, um, you know, there are so many doctors and so many leading facilities around the world and so many um you know trials and so many like this is how we do it and and protocol and depends upon the place where you live depends upon the economics depends upon the medical attention you get and the insurance you have and be in the right place at the right time you happen to be fortunate to have been able to return to a place called Madison, where uh, University of Wisconsin-Madison is like a leading research hospital school that, you know, anybody be lucky to have. What, what, uh, what, what, what makes that interesting is, is that I've found that my medical team is very interested in listening. They, they wanna know I mean, I just I just had a call today from uh, a member of the research team says, okay, so how are you doing? Mm -hmm. Tell us what's going on with you. I mean, um, any any side effects, anything? Because like you say, they're learning, right? Mm -hmm. And so they're applying. I it's like I said in my post too. I, I am I am it's it's my job and my responsibility to bring them a a body. Mm -hmm. that is ready to receive both uh, spiritually and physically and mm -hmm. and then they work their magic in there so i'm 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 very pleased that i i have a medical team who listen well and to that point again and one of the things that i learned going back to 2017 when our mom i learned this actually going through my cancer at the beginning of last decade when I was building my own teams, the importance of being your own best advocate. Mm -hmm. And I know this from like dealing with my husband and being his advocate and the difference in how people were raised. And I just know that my mom raised us to be really great advocates. And I thank her for that because a, my father died too young to know that he would or wouldn't have been. And I think my mother very much carried that ball. Mm and taught us and gave us great tools. I think in turn, I was able to really be a great advocate for her when it came to her medical, along with my interest in the sciences and all the things. And um, coming forward, you know, and again, going back to that one hospital post, am I really speaking on that? I had so many people come back to me and thank me for, stating making those statements and bringing that to their awareness because god willing most people don't have to walk through a hospital door or a medical center very often right. besides the preventative of taking care of themselves on an active basis but here's the joke part of what my post said mm -hmm. i was doing all that and mm -hmm. i've been doing that all my life mm -hmm. and under the best of circumstances, even when you're doing that, the shit can hit the fan yep. or things can happen, which is why you do not go into avoidance and detachment and go under a rock and all the things you ask questions, you push, without being pushy. But even when I pushed and I being strong and I think to myself, 
Jesus, if this has happened to me, what's happening to nine out of 10 other people? Right, right. And, and to your point, you've got a team that listens. Well, so do I. And people don't understand the value of a team. They don't understand the value of having a team. They don't understand the value of you have the right to have a team. They don't understand that you should have a team. Mm. It's no different than any athlete we turn and watch on a Sunday or a Saturday or a Tuesday or wherever we are. They all have coaches. They all have teammates. They all have support. Why is it that you don't during the medical world of your life or any other aspects of your life is beyond me. We are taught wrong. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to wake people up and say, on the contrary, you need coaches in every aspect of your life. You need support in every aspect of your life. These are the things you want to do, want to create. Does it sound like effort? Yes, but fucking dig your heels in because this is all you know and this is all you got. Right. And we don't know for how long either of us have opportunities to share these uh, droplets of knowledge, but I'm certainly going to do, and I think that you're not, you're committed to doing the same of enlightening people for the reasons that we've been given these opportunities to do so. And I think that Again, the reason why I do this platform and have and cover so many subject matters is because I want people to be able to be a fly on the wall and go, really? Yeah. I never knew. Right. Holy shit, right. really? <laughs> oh, I need to look into that. Right. Oh, wow. And be laughing and slapping their knee off at the same time. Right. Okay. Like, you know, because it should, because the truth of it should get to the core while making your light bulb go off and making you leave and laugh at yourself or at others while you're getting to the solving the problem. Right. That's, 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 uh, that speaks to that latest picture that I, that I posted. that says fight, fighting cancer, going through chemo and still sexy as hell. You know, it's, 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 I mean, here we are, we're, we're, we're in the battle, but damn it, we're not going to let it be, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not going to get us down. No, you know, so the funny thing is my Warhol-esque piece that I did with all the hats. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, every day I'm writing, every day I'm creating, you know, I mean, I love nothing more than buckets of cash being dumped in my lap left and right, you know. And I'm, and I'm, we're fine. It doesn't matter. Just, I mean, I don't mean it doesn't matter. I'm just saying to the universe, I'll take it. And in the meantime, I'm over here doing this while staying safe and so forth. So when I did that Warhol's thing, I was literally on the phone with a girlfriend of mine who's originally from Amsterdam. We met here in Hollywood doing work. She's moved back to Europe. She's right now currently on the road traveling and um she was in spain as we were talking and um you know we were talking about this just this whole evolution of you know your awareness and all the things you go through and stuff and i came up with this idea and i didn't tell her and i said i'll be sending you something later i'm gonna create something here in a minute which i literally like created that in a minute and it was so much fun yeah. to just and to your point of like we're just doing our best we're just showing up doing our best and we're going to just do it in the best way we know how because what else are our options mm -hmm. and we're going to commentate on it the best way we know how because I think that that's what makes us who we are and when I did that piece it was it was one of those moments where it was just like yeah, I didn't plan this. I didn't even plan for this. Like even when I knew that I was going to go through chemo and everybody kept saying, yeah, you're going to lose your beautiful hair. And it's going to happen within 10 days to two weeks. And I was just like, all right, that didn't happen the last time. Fuck. Mm -hmm. Huh. And I deal with hair. So I'm, and I've dealt with mm -hmm. cancer patients and I've reenacted this, but I've never been faced with this. Mm -hmm. Fuck. Mm -hmm. I know this isn't my ego, but this is like a reality. This is a whole nother chapter. And I know people are like, oh, it's going to come back. It's going to be more beautiful than ever. It's going to be all those things. 
yeah, but your hand still wasn't forced to lose your fucking hair. Right, yeah, right. And your hair defines you. Mm. And it, and it's a mood, it, it can lift your spirits or bring you down or like set your character, or tell the story or the time and the period or that. And it was just one of those moments where it's just like, so the hat to me was like, I never tried on hats. I never tried on wigs. I never tried on anything all leading up to this. I was just like, I'm just going to flow with this. And to this point is what I'm trying to make. It's about being present, staying in the flow, not trying to control the the storyline, learning as you go along sharing and not shoving it down people's throats but keeping people abreast in a way that people want to know but you don't need to like be shining on top of the mountain all the time and it doesn't really matter who or who doesn't see it but if somebody does and you can make a difference in their life now there to me is like where it sounds like you're at and where I'm at and why I wanted us to do this together. I'm so glad we did. You know, and I think that in regards to you being such a, a mensch and having, oh, you've been a mensch all your life. I mean, it's just, it is the way it is. And you just have such grace about you. You know, I, I, I want to ask you, you know, look, I I really hope we're both cured. Mm -hmm. And I really hope that we both have some time to do a lot more talking with each other and others and inspire a lot more people. What do you want your legacy to be? What do you want? Like, you know, and I don't mean like, when you're dead and gone, I just mean, what do you want your legacy to be? Um, uh, I would like somebody to say that they learned from it. Whether that's a student or another cancer patient or um, my daughter learned how to drive a car, you know, what, what just that I was a I was a good teacher um and that's 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 kind of I've I've never been asked that question and that's that's the first thing that came to mind that's what I said and does that surprise you does it surprise you that that's your answer does it surprise you've never been asked that question it no I it I I guess it doesn't because I've I've never I've I've never had to, like I've 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 never cognitively thought about it. Yeah. Um. So does it surprise me? Not not necessarily. It's it's probably something that I would. I mean, this is something I'll take away from our conversation. Probably journal about. Is, is, what you know? What do I? You know? You know? What do I want? So that that's. Thanks for giving me that inspiration. Well, you're welcome. And I'm curious then on the on the coattails of that at this juncture, what is your why? Um because I don't have any other choice. Like like I don't um all I can do now is be a good model, be a be a um be the the, the the inspiration for others not and not intentionally like I'm this great motivator or anything like that but but just through my actions teach teach people who don't have the gift of cancer why it's important to focus on the little stuff like like just just be grateful just be positive and and that that's important is is so my why is that I it's because that's what I can do today. That's what you have control over today. 
Mm-hmm. And that, and that's, and, and do you think that enlightenment comes from, like, do you think if you, do you think if you had been asked this question before your diagnosis, would that have been still your same answer? Do you no. think? No, no, I, I, I would have said, I want my legacy to be a good father, a good husband, um, all those the very, I, I guess, stereotypical answers. Um, that that one wouldn't have thought of without this diagnosis. So it's interesting because your diagnosis isn't that long ago. Mm-mm. This has all just happened in the last few months, right? Yep. yep. As for myself. Right. Like we're really on a very similar path. We are. And... Um, yeah, the only difference is the kind of cancer that we've been diagnosed with. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is interesting because because most people don't think about their whys. Mm-hmm. The world, their whys that make them cry. Yeah. 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 Does your why make you cry? Not yet. Um, I'm 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 having I, I don't. It sounds very glib and and, and, and very um, aloof, but uh, I don't I don't have a reason to cry. I I don't. I mean, yeah, this 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 cancer is a scary thing, but I mean, in balance, I've 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 got this cancer thing. Yeah, but there are a lot of people with a hell of a lot worse. Right, and I've got all this stuff to be grateful for right oh you know i i don't i don't i don't i don't have a reason to be sad at this point right i i am so with you ben i i said to the woman that is my coach that i train with which sounds like a very well-off thing to say that i do and i i you know, I'm not defending it. I'm just saying that, like, this isn't something I always, you know, gave myself permission to do, let alone did I have time to do it when you're working 80, 90 hours a week on a film set. Just didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but this person's become a very integral part of my life, and it all happened through the pandemic, ironically. And um, what's interesting about it is I was saying to her today, I'm so grateful that I have this opportunity to do this. I'm so grateful that when you tell me that any other clients that you've worked with who are going through chemo can't roll out of bed for two weeks, that I'm up after Thursday treatment on a Monday morning, I'm doing a workout with you and you're dumbfounded. And because I don't have any relatedness other than what my past experience of getting into the mountains and triple digit heat where <laughs> I'm like, let's go people. Yeah. I thought that's how I was going to be this time. And for all intents and purposes, I could be, mm-hmm. but I had something happen even last week, last Wednesday, I was supposed to start back on a movie that I've been working on since November and had to bow out of early on because of my unknown surgery and I thought my surgery was going to be it until I was told that they wanted to follow up with chemo to ensure that I'm cured and to get it in any any um sub version that may or may not be in existence and I had to accept being that team player to your point of what you talk about regarding educating about your medical team and your gratitude. I'm grateful for my team. I've got an extraordinary team. I'm grateful for where we live. I can drive down the street to one of the most world-renowned facilities in all of this nation and get top-notch treatment with insurance that I'm grateful that I have. Mm-hmm. And that I can come back home to my home with my husband and lie in our bed with our animals and not have to travel for this. That's right. And and be able to do this and be able to recover at home and be able to have these conversations and be able to share these things that hopefully inspire and carry people forward. 
-hmm. So even when they're hitting a low, they can hear this and go, snap right. out of it. Right. Come on. Right. Come on, yep. people. I know. It sucks. Yeah. Let's get the fuck up. Chemo is yeah. no joy. I don't like right. chemo. I don't like needles. I don't want that shit in my arm. Right. I don't want the burning feeling of when the Benadryl is going in and I'm, you know, and I'm not a person to want to complain and have to say it's, it's hurting and, or you have to flush me and then certain chemo goes an extra four hours because you're taking it slower or I don't complain about that shit. I just want to get it behind me. Mm -hmm. So I'm cured. We're cured, mm -hmm. but it is a process that I think that none of us want to ever be faced with, none of us want to talk about. But the importance is these little nuggets that we've already touched on, I think that are valuable nuggets mm -hmm. that you don't even need to ever be faced with, but to be sensitive to for others' sakes. Mm -hmm. right. I think collectively as communities, we have the power to make changes. That can carry people and heal people. Mm -hmm. That doesn't have to have a church structure. Mm -hmm. That doesn't have to be in one part of the world or another. It's, it's all energy. We have a collective power to heal with no boundaries. All starting with this. I agree. And then this combined. Mm -hmm. It's what one 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 very wise wise person labeled as the twelve inch drop. The twelve having, inch drop. You know, having it up here and bringing it down here. Yeah, that's a great. Yeah, the twelve inch drop. That's a good one, babe. Other people would wish it was for something else, but we're hey, not going to go hey, there. No. Hey, no, hey, no. hey now, <laughs> hey now. See, you have to. So somebody asked me, my trainer. I'm gonna, you know, just this is how you have to get through life. My trainer says to me, this was literally the first session after my surgery. And she said to me, because I had to have all my female organs taken out for them to get the cancer out. And she says, so how do you feel? Do you feel lighter? Do you feel different? Do you feel? And I was like, no, no, I feel exactly the same, actually. And forgive me, because here's, here's where I go. I'm going about to go. I said, I still have my vagina, mm -hmm. I still have my asshole, and I still have my sense of humor. So I'm all good. Let's go. <laughs> and, the three necessary know, things in life. I mean, it kind of is. <laughs> and that was my point. Be very direct. Let's call it spade a spade. Yep. Let's keep it real, people. Let's laugh while we're giving a little medicine, a little sugar, mm -hmm. a little reality. But it doesn't make me less sexy. Mm -mm. It doesn't make me less desirous. I remember telling a friend of ours, male doctor, who's not a, he's a dentist and I love him to death, no pun intended, but, yeah. and I remember when he heard us getting a hysterectomy and he almost, and he kind of went, oh, oh, and I was like, hey, wait a minute, man, I'm going to be more woman than most women can wrap their brains around and most men can wrap their brains around. So don't think, don't even go there. Right. Right. Like, I don't need my fallopian tubes to define I'm a woman. That's right. I don't need my yeah. hair to define I'm a woman. No. I don't need any of those things to define I'm a woman. Some of those things make you feel better. That we can also talk about. Mm -hmm. You know, what? So I, I want to, I do want to ask you, going to chemo, have there been things that have made you feel not so good or question or just take you down a little sideline? Has anything happened? Mm. that would be relatable to somebody because somebody could say well you know ben's hair was always similar or ben's sister was up no i don't know so i'm just asking um well i guess the only thing i can think of is on my very first treatment um one of the first drugs they gave me was an anti-nausea drug uh, uh, infusion and i and i forget uh, my wife knows all, all all the names of all the drugs. That she's yeah, doing. but um, I I started to have a reaction to it. And yeah. It, wasn't, it turns out it wasn't a reaction to the drug; it was a reaction to the preservative that's in the drug. Yeah, yeah. And so, 
my face started to turn red. I was getting all tingly. I was starting to feel a little bit woozy. And so I was, I mean, this was the very first confusion, right? Yeah. They put the saline and then this, right? So I laid down and it was like clockwork. Uh, my wonderful nurse, Lillian, she walked out and said, can I have a couple of nurses? And so a couple of nurses came in and before I knew it, my wonderful wife was rubbing my feet. There was a nurse rubbing my back. There was a nurse giving me Benadryl. There was a nurse taking my blood pressure. There was like, and I just felt, I, I just felt in, in that moment of, in that 30 seconds of, oh my God, what is happening here? I, I felt so warmly taken care of. Like I was enveloped by these wonderful women who were both skilled and compassionate, who were just, okay, in about two minutes, you're going to feel a lot better and then we'll continue on and you'll be just fine. And not in a placating kind of condescending way, but just mm -hmm. so I, I immediately felt confident and comforted, even though I was still having the reaction. Just, and so, so that's, that's, that's been my only bad thing through, through chemo. Um, but past that, I mean, I've, I've just had, um, mashallah, as they say in Islam, um, that, that it's, it's very, uh, very easy time so far. And that's just for today. How many treatments may I ask that you have to have total for today? Have they given you a number? So I'm going to do six, rescan, six, rescan. So um, we're, we're, I mean, they're very interested to, to see what, what will happen with a person in my health with no other circumstances, how I react to this first round. Um, she, she said they, they normally rescan at six months, but they're going to re rescan at three months, but they're very interested to see how this first round has impacted me. So, what is the what is the um, space between each treatment for you? Two weeks. Okay, so yours is two weeks. Mine is three weeks. Okay. Okay, so you're starting your third. Okay, so you're basically going to be about a month ahead of me completed, give or take, roughly, or it's five weeks, give or take, because my last treatment will be roughly the end of April. Uh, and then um, uh, have they given you a rescan date yet? No, they have not. Um, <clears throat> they, um, I know that I'll be meeting my oncologist on the last chemo treatment because mm -hmm. I deal with my nurse practitioner prior to all of the others. And then I know that um, also we're doing genetic testing mm. because of ovarian and all the things and wanting to make sure that there's no disposition right? Uh, and have no idea because to the best of our knowledge, my, with regards to my siblings, we have no sign of cancer anywhere. Mm. So the fact that I've had now two different kinds, is just very random and yeah, not, not, not the norm. So um, that will be interesting to, to note. And it's interesting what you said about you know, and again, what people don't talk about, because chemo is such a foreign thing, like all of a sudden there you are, and now you have to have it, and what the right. fuck, and it's like you just, now you're going on a foreign trip, yeah. basically, right. and each situation, and each time is still a new time, because you, one time does not guarantee the same time, that you're going to have the same experience, the same nurses, and all the things, and whatever, and I've already learned that my first two, and again, this goes back to advocating, it's interesting, so um, I do think it's also interesting that all men and women are wired the same way or, you know, not all women are nurturers, not all men aren't, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I had in my second chemo treatment two weeks ago, or just short of two weeks ago, where my blood pressure went really low. Mm. And my husband had stepped out. He had actually left the premise to go back home for a second. So I did not actually have an advocate there. And he thought I was fine. And I was in a private room and the private room, the door was kind of mostly closed 
and I couldn't find my call button. Uh And I was feeling, I don't remember what I was feeling. That's the funny thing, but I knew that I wasn't feeling right. Right. And I started calling out, hello, hello. Right. And I think my social worker, from what she tells me, walked in, who's my therapist in the team. Right. And went for the nurses. But it was an interesting moment in time that made me go back to, um, you know, going back to teaching teachable moments. One of the things that I have been talking to my team about is the importance of patient advocacy. And I know that they have lots of different formulaic stuff on patient advocacy these days because they're trying to cover their ass. But I think the very basic elements of also communication that I think is so key in regards to giving great experiences you know, not one is going to ever be the same as the next. Two people are never going to have the same experience as the next two people. But there are better ways to do things, I think, that can make for the experience better. Most people don't know how to ask the right questions. Most people don't live down the street from these world-renowned institutions. So you better give them the opportunity for the best, maximum, yep. ultimate opportunity when they're present. Yeah. And I think that just some people just aren't wired to think in this kind of big picture manner. I am. I know you are. We're production oriented people. Yeah, they, they, um, um, I had such a good experience with that first treatment that in the the second treatment, I said, can I get Lillian for my nurse? You know, just, just asking because I, 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 I had this wonderful experience, and um, sure enough, I got Lillian. And tomorrow morning, I will ask again. And if if I can, great. If if, if I can, it wasn't meant to be. So, but ask asking for what you need. I mean, I I I I teach fifth graders that. It's like I don't have a pencil. Yeah. So so what do you want me to do? Like ask ask me for what you need. So. I, I think advocating for yourself is very important. I think it's very important. And it's funny because ironically, and I always ask names, I was so well cared for during my first treatment, but first treatment I want to add, and this is not for the listener to be bored by, this is really important information. The first treatment people go through tends to be the most attentive that they'll ever be with you at because they are making sure at all times that your all basic things, your blood pressure, everything is going through you properly. They're managing it in according to manner, to the manner as such, because they're setting you up for now the future. Mm-hmm. I don't think that my second person wasn't good. I think that there was a series of events that occurred. And I think at that point, then I became so loaded on like Benadryl and all the shit that I can't even speak for myself. My takeaway from that is one, I don't want my advocate to leave the room, whether they're prepared or not. And if they have to, then I want somebody to be on rotation so that there's always somebody there to be my voice in case that I'm not present enough to speak for myself as I would want for somebody to do so. And also that, yeah, I wish I did know my first nurses, and I'm sure it's on record because I would have loved her as well. And I, and I even spoke on that. Like, ironically, they thought, for instance, this is going to sound so lame, but they were like, so you want a private room with a bed? And I said, no, I don't, I don't need a bed. I'll, I'll just take a reclining chair. I, I just, I don't even know the difference between a private room and not being in a private room. I just know that that's what I've had. Right. So it seems safe as, as long as like I have a little bit more tentativeness, like the first round versus the second round. Cause the second round, they would not have known that the shit was going down. If I didn't like say something and my person didn't walk in just at the right time. Right. Uh, and, and I know you guys are doing really a great job. So I just don't want to have that like swirling through my head because up till now, my team's been incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, at, and, uh, and, and, and the, in the aspect of advocating for yourself, I was I was looking on YouTube for tips for chemo day, right? Oh, and interesting. So, 
Yeah, so I actually brought a uh, uh, electric blanket. I brought a blanket. Yeah, because my center. Yeah, just just something that, and I just the second treatment. It, it, it was like a vacation day. It was snowing outside. You remember snow, don't you? Yeah. And, and so, so it was. It was it, it was snowing outside, and I had some soft music playing, and we turned off the lights in the room, and it was it was a ninety minute infusion. So, just curled up in my blanket, and I just had a vacation day. It, it was it was great. It was wonderful. Yeah. Well, I showed up with the blanket. I showed up with the books. I showed up with you know the protein shakes and the water and all that stuff. There's no way I could concentrate on a book. The TV's on, because something's on. I, I'm not even listening to that. I did learn I do not want a hospital bed because most time hospital beds are so uncomfortable to begin with and I'm not being spoiled rotten. I'm just saying, no, I'd rather have a reclining chair. Yeah. That That's the truth. I feel more supported that way. I feel safer that way. It feels less like chicken. I don't know why, but... um. But it's an experience that even in working with a lot of people long before I went through it, I could never have spoken on it until I started to go through it. That's absolutely right. Absolutely right. And, it's, and, it's, and it is interesting. Now, I'm curious, um, how has chemo affected you physically otherwise? Um, you don't look like you've lost your hair. No, not, not yet. Um, uh, I, I'm taking anti-nausea drugs, which also have, uh, have a steroid component. So I feel fantastic for like two or three days after chemo. Right. Um, and so a little bit of coming off steroids on day four, uh, but, um, no, I, I haven't, um, I, I, I feel guilty talking about it because no, I, no. I know so many people suffer through this thing and I just, I just haven't had that experience. Well, like yourself. So I started out, so my infusions are on, tend to be so far on a Thursday. I've had two, we'll have my third, uh, a week from th this coming Thursday. Um, so the 16th of February and which of course this will have already, we, we, this will not air until after that. So just whomever's listening, um, but my point is, is, uh, it's interesting because yes, you know that you could get body aches, you can be tired, you're, you can have a lack of uh, appetite, you can be nauseous, you can bruise easily, you can get cut easily. So you have to be very careful with your platelets. And if you shave, if you, you know, yes, you will most likely lose your hair in my case within 10 to 12, 10 days to two weeks after your first treatment. Um, yes, I'm pumped up like yourself with steroids, anti-nausea, all the things precursor to chemo treatment because they're trying to get you through the infusion, get you through this toxin that's being pumped through your body, come off of that, feel good for a day or two, and then depending upon the situation in your body, how it manages. My first time through, within 48 hours, I went into like my body started to really ache. I didn't, I've never had aches like through the flu. Mm. So I've never known what it was like to be achy. You know, even, um, yeah, I just never really knew that until then. And then I started to have a little bit of nausea. And like yourself, I feel kind of guilty because there's like, you know, I'll do these posts and people are like, seriously, like you've got cancer. What the yeah. fuck? Like, right. you, well, look at, I also know how to put myself together. I also know how to present myself. I know that I, you know, I could present you all sorts of sides of who I am right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm choosing to be of inspiration mm -hmm. in my own way of messaging. It has nothing to do with not being raw and whatever. I can be totally raw. That's why I document, I made sure I documented myself all through this for the very reasons as such. I'm not trying to paint this like pretty picture. I'm also not trying to paint a picture that is like the honey can't go down the throat too. Right, right. I'd rather the honey go down the throat and then you think about it as it's like, you know, working its way down the esophagus. Right. 
kind of thing. And, and so, you know, to that point, it's like, what I've learned through all that is how do I proactively take care of myself and get the best communication and the best opportunity to ease all that. So I was lucky enough to find an oncology acupuncturist because my acupuncturist won't work on people who are going through chemo. So I've done that to help ease the pain. I work with a pain medica- a pain doctor who's part of my team, who we communicate with, along with a dietitian, along with a therapist, all a part of my team that talk to throughout this whole thing to help me work through any inflammation I might have or whatever. Right. And again, I think it's important that people know that you do have these options and some institutions build this in, I'm sure better than others. And I would imagine you and I are considered very fortunate, but may it be of inspiration to ask for those things, as you were saying, to ask for these teams of people to be able to talk to and talk through these things. These have been people who have helped me make decisions on whether or not it's smart for me to be working right now. Right. Because being the bullheaded ox that I am, I just be in there no matter what. And ironically, Last Wednesday, if I had gone back to the movie that we were talking on earlier, I uh, mentioned earlier, I'd have to be up at somewhere between 2, 3, 4 a.m. to oh. be up for anywhere from a 3, 4, 5 a.m. call time on a set wherever, anywhere. That would have been my situation. And at 4.30 in the morning, out of nowhere, I wake up so nauseous. Oh. And now I already have a week of chemo under my belt. So this comes out of nowhere. Right. And I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What's happening? And I'm grabbing for my anti-nausea because I don't, I'm not taking it at this point because I've, right. I've gotten through the first couple of days. I don't, I'm not going to fuel myself with something right. I don't need. I take that. I reach for all the things I get. And I swear to you, Ben, it was in that moment that I was like, Thank God I put myself first. Thank God I've been transparent. Thank God I've built these relationships on integrity. Thank God I've been communicative. Thank God I've spoken up and said, this is what I need to do for now out of respect to you and me. Mm -hmm. So that hopefully down the line, when the opportunities, when this is behind me and the opportunities are present, that I can run on those. But in the meantime, I think it's very interesting, the theme that's kind of threaded through this whole conversation that we nearly had for two hours Mm -hmm. is about the enlightenment of putting yourself first Mm -hmm. through this process to in turn help others do the same for themselves. I would agree. agree. It's, it's, It's so important that that to your exact point, I mean, there are all these substitute jobs that are available. And I, 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 I have to step back and say, what, what's in the best interest of my health? And it's not subbing every day in an elementary school right now. That, 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 isn't, that isn't something that would be good for me. So yeah. that, that, would be, that would be a Petri dish waiting to happen. Right. And and my background tense with a lot of adults would be my petri dish waiting to happen. Right. With a lot of, I mean, it would just, you know, with the things that we love to do, but knowing that right now, staying out of those arenas is a smart thing for us to get through this all successfully. Right. That's and I think that that's I'm I'm giving you a big hug and kiss for making that decision. Thank you. Same same back at you. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's been, it's been great to talk to you again. It's been really great to talk to you. And I want to I wanna thank you for taking the time to share some insight and reflection and be vulnerable in a time that, you know, not everybody wants to be open and talk about things. And this is not about making it um, about a doomsday or a heavy conversation. This is more about like, how do we go at these things? And we happen to be two people who have a kindred spirit since we were like 16 years of age. <laughs> and we now flip those numbers and we, you know, and we say, and relative to that, here we are, vibrant okay. as all fuck. Excuse my French. Don't know why I need to swear. 
it's all purpose flour we're serving That's here. Nice. <laughs> I love that. I love it. I'm definitely going to use it. Yeah, oh, and, I, and, and I love that smile, Felice. That, that has not changed in five decades. Um, you are a beautiful soul inside and out. I, I love seeing your smile. Oh, Ben, thank you so much. Well, honestly, I I mean, we might as well just be in the gym auditorium or something, just hanging out or something. I mean, I, I don't know. I just think that, you know, it's ironic that I was only at Wayland for two years. And for many of us, they were just short little bouts, some of you guys longer than others. And yet it was such a genuinely pure experience as crazy as it is kids raising kids for all intents and purposes. Right. You know, it's a very, very fortunate opportunity that I feel that we all had considering our stories are all so vast. They are. Of which most of us, we don't even know our backstories. We never broke bread in each other's homes, at each other's kitchens. We never rode bikes down the cul-de-sac with each other. We were literally in this like bubble mm-hmm. for the short amount of time. But you guys are some of the, you know, you, you the near and dear to my heart is like what taking that post mm-hmm. that I dropped in the hospital room that thankfully inspired you to reach out to me and connect with me is what connected me personally and that I had no idea would do to your point, to all the communities that I go back to like the age of five years old and Mm -hmm. forward all around the world. And so even though it upset my husband, what this son of a bitch said, and even though out of love and respect to my husband, I initially took some of these posts down that were helping people. I decided that, you know, that that's, that's not my truth. Mm-hmm. And that's not what I, you know, I can't, again, control what they go through, but I can control what I do. Mm-hmm. And that is to keep showing up and yep. to keep doing it messy and scared. Yep. And that you also said something about when you were in corporate America and the difference between who would show up, who didn't. Yeah. And you talked about when you made the decision and you made the announcement publicly how your students came back, but you would never expect that from your corporate peers. And I want to just say something to that. I I made a decision just like doing this podcast. You're not supposed to be doing a podcast. You're not supposed to be expanding yourself. You're not supposed to have an athleisure line online. You're not supposed to have a coaching business. You're not supposed to. You're a makeup artist on a film set. You serve people. Well, guess what? I was trained as a director and I was trained pre-med and I was trained classically fine arts and I was a licensed hairdresser. I'm not doing any of those things in front of you like either. But these are who I am, just like there's a lot of layers to you. So... I'm not about to limit myself. Just like I said, when you find out you're diagnosed with certain things, like all of a sudden it's like, it's no time to be in fear, people. Mm-hmm. This is time to like, that's not my problem, your fear. My yeah. problem is taking, my problem is getting shit out there. If you want to look at it, it's not even a problem. It's just a, like, I have to. Right. That's absolutely right. 100% so, correct. Yeah, so I want to say thank you for picking up what I was putting down. Yeah, thank you. And it, it, it's, it's given me a lot to think about, too. Well, I hope that you enjoyed this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it with Ben. And that your takeaway is the reason for living one's life with purpose and how to live it in the most fullest of ways appreciating every moment you have. I look forward to you joining us next week with more new guests, more new episodes, and more exciting things to come as season three unfolds. Thank you so much for joining where the spirit is young, the soul is wise, and the life stories are vast. And we love to talk about everything from soup to nuts, or what I like to say from cannoli, sagan holes, and don't forget the s'mores. Join us next week. And join us and listen and subscribe and share as we build this beautiful community of the Camp VP Uncensored podcast. 
Much love. Bye for now.